Hey, listen up. Yeah, we here and we locked in. Let's keep it going all the way to the top ten. We fear the turtle, so it's no other option. Fred and Ryan, just watch them. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. Let's take it to the max. It's the shell and tell. They come with all the facts. It's the shell and tell. What's up, Turf fans? Fred, Ryan, Ahmed back for another episode of the Shell and Tell podcast. It's Thursday, April 15th, and we got a lot to cover on this week's show. Yeah, man, we're deep diving on the men's hoop squad, the scholarship situation, big changes ahead for the boys. Yeah, man, Ahmed was given access to his first glimpse at spring practice, so we're going to let him talk a little bit about that and what he saw. They finally opened the gates and let us in. That's right. Does Jake Funk come off the board in the upcoming NFL draft? I sure hope so. I hope so, too, man. I've got high hopes for Jake. Yeah, I think your hopes might have been a little too high the last time we talked about it, but (laughs) I think he's going to do all right. Uh, We'll see. So in kind of breaking news, uh, about five minutes before we went live, I saw a tweet that came out, Ahmed, that the NCAA announced today that they have approved a one-time transfer waiver for all sports. For me, I guess in layman's terms, this just means athletes will be able to transfer to any school without having to sit out a year, right? Yeah, yeah. So it allows that. <clears throat> excuse me. It allows that one time, one time transfer, of course. Um, so essentially, the way I really see it coming down is just you know a lot of uh, you know essentially the the, the modern age of uh, free agency and NCAA sports you know, across <laughs> all sports, uh, right. especially the, the revenue sports of football, basketball. But um, yeah, it was expected to be a pushed through and, and approved. So, um, you know, looks like, looks like tonight we officially got word that, um, it's good to go. So how do you see this affecting in my head? At least I'll, I'll give you my opinion. You can tell me if I'm crazy or not. I think that you're this, crazy. This is Yeah. Well, that's on, that's a given unrelated. <laughs> um, but we, I think it's going to help a lot of the low end schools, a lot of the, uh, smaller schools, because I think people, instead of going sitting on a bench at the Dukes and the UNCs, they're going to go somewhere show how good they really are and then get picked up by a big dog. That's so I really think you're going to see it even mid majors have been good in basketball for a long time, but I think it's going to be even one more step. Do you, do you see any reality in that? Yeah, I definitely do. I could see it on the football and basketball side. There's football, you know, if you look at, you know, Maryland, for example, and you look at all the wide receivers, you know, some of them in the, the second team and the third team, you know, they could probably go to a big 12 school and flourish. So yeah, I definitely see that opportunity for, um, you know, football and basketball, basketball, if you're, um, you know, you, you get that unexpected top 100 guy last minute and you're kind of that sophomore point guard, I was getting five minutes a game and, you know, you meet with coach and you don't really have too much of a role next year. Yeah, definitely take advantage of it. Go find another spot. Um, definitely just adds that, that additional wrinkle to the transfer portal. And just really, I mean, when you think about where we were five, six years ago and heck when Randy Edsel was here and blocking, Blocking kids with full full lists of uh, conferences that you couldn't go to, and you know, hundred <laughs> miles within uh, from your from your home state, things like that. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. So we've gone the complete opposite way um, to allow that 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 freedom. Um, you're definitely going to see those situations where uh, players transfer and they think they have a spot, they think they're better than they are, and it doesn't work out. But uh, I think overall, it it's, um, make sure that the the best interest is still in the student athletes' hands. Yeah, I think it's definitely the right move. Um, I, I am interested to see how it affects uh, the attrition this summer. Do you think that we're going to see even more transfers out now that they they know they can go immediately play somewhere else? 
Yeah, I mean, there. I think on the basketball side, I think maybe you can have one or two guys that maybe you know by midsummer, you know, they 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 decide early summer they decide you know going to use utilize the, the options that are given to me um, and hit the transfer portal. But um, you know, I, I would say maybe maybe not as privy on the fo- on the basketball side. Potentially on the football side, you know, you could definitely have guys, you know, in that offense, like I said, the offensive wide receiver room, you know, people on my site were, were asking questions about, hey, could, could anyone leave? And um, so definitely have those opportunities, I would say right now, um, you know, you don't really have anyone that's kind of, you know, one foot out the door, especially right now with spring ball kind of wrapping up. But um, yeah, I, I do see that, um, you know, again, just being that additional wave of, uh, of, of attrition. So um, I think I could see it being more likely on the football side from Maryland's perspective. Well, speaking of transfers, let's kick this off with the men's hoop squad first, right? This is a big week, big week for the Terps. They, uh, speaking of big, they finally got their big guy from Georgetown, a center. I'm not going to try to pronounce his name. You go for it, Ryan. You do it. <laughs> we got an expert here, Ahmed. He's going to hit up the, the same <laughs> for us. This is my land. This is yes. Cue this one head. That, that's how you say his name. Okay. So I don't Perfect. know how it'll be pronounced. It's, right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think maybe one out of every six times I've said it, it sounded just like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this guy is basically everything that we were missing down low last year. Six foot eleven, center out of Flint Hill High School. Finished his sophomore season averaging 12.7 points, 8.2 boards a game. To me, this guy kind of fits a mold very similar to Diamond Stone when he was here. Yeah, I'd, I'd say so too. And it's, a lot, you know, just kind of watching him a little bit more, I would say he's a little more skilled on the offensive side, uh, especially just kind of around the hoop. And I'm really, really high on what Wahab can, can do on the defensive end, just just how dominant that he was at Georgetown, uh, whether it was rebound, just that rim protector was really something that Maryland had always wanted out of Tol Mariel and never really got. Um, so I think that this is a I would say that this is a bigger addition than the Fats Russell edition. Right. So are we getting the Penn State diamond stone that got him drafted or <laughs> the rest of the year that he didn't do anything? I'll take the Penn State. That sounds awesome. Yeah. If he's Penn State diamond stone, let's go, bro. Listen, my uncle was a huge fan of Georgetown, and he spoke very highly of this guy, watches him every week. So I yeah. I value his opinion. So I, I, I like it. I think like a month before he transferred out, um, uh, Patrick Ewing said that he's going to be a potential NBA prospect. And I think uh, – I think he kind of realized that he was on his way out and whatnot and wanted to keep the talented big man at Georgetown. So I think I think Maryland really uh they, they found found a quality quality big man that, that wanted to be at Maryland. So that that's big. Well you mentioned the Fats Russell transfer. That's the next one. A five ten rising senior who'll be eligible immediately. Um Russell average team highs at fourteen point seven and four point five assists uh, and one point nine steals a game, and that wasn't even his best season there. What do you see him adding to the team? Yeah, I think, and uh, I think it's it's hard because when you think about you know what he adds, I think what um, uh, I kind of keep in mind with with Ayala and Wiggins, you know, obviously they, they've declared for the draft, they've come and kept their options open, but you know, let's say that hypothetically, you know, you consider that they are back on the team next year. I see Russell as a guy. Obviously, he's not coming in; he's not going to be that three point specialist. But Maryland has weapons from the perimeter that can hit the three. So you have the uh, the Dante Scott, the Wiggins, Ayala, the Jarius Hamilton. So I really see Fats Russell as being that point guard, that slasher, maybe that score first guy that, you know, obviously still looks to get his teammates involved, but in Turgeon's offense where, you know, you really get the point guard, a lot of opportunities, have potentially Ayala off the ball a little bit more. I think it helps so much more with four spacing um, when you get a big man like Yudis Waheb and, 
that that can establish the, the high pick and roll game. So I think I think Russell is going to be able to, especially or even in transition. Um, I think that 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 he kind of fits in that that role, and he kind of does a good job of complementing offensively Maryland's other offensive pieces. And defensively, if you look at Maryland this year, uh, you know they they really own that the defensive identity um, through the whole season. And you look at Pat Russell and leaving Rhode Island as the uh, all-time steals leader. Um, so he just you know becomes that the latest piece of the puzzle uh, to help Maryland maintain that defensive identity. Obviously, they, I don't think they'll need to maintain that defensive identity to a, to the same strength as they did this year, just because offensively, I think this year's team was a lot more limited than next year. But um, yeah, I think I think Fats Russell. It sounds like you know uh, uh, on both ends of the court, I, I think he he does fit in. Um, and again, he doesn't need to be that three point specialist. He proved uh, before his senior year that he can drill the three, but um, he doesn't need he doesn't need to do that on a consistent basis. And they'll have that space, like I said. So you mentioned his struggles at three, and that was one of my concerns too. Just not knowing anything about the guy, just looking pure numbers and watching some of his highlights. But do you think part of his problem last year was the fact that he's playing for Rhode Island? He's the guy there. He's the only guy there. Teams are able yeah. to double and focus in on him. Coming to a roster like this, where if you do get some of these guys back, the Wiggins and the Ayala of the world, maybe he has more success because he's not the center focus. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely think that's that's that was the first thing I thought of actually when I watched uh, when I looked at his stats last year. Uh, and I know he was also banged up a little bit last year, so he kind of was played through injury and fighting back. So, um, so I, I do think those things made a difference. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, you know, to a T, like you said, um, he's not going to have to be the guy at Maryland. Right. He'll, he can be a guy. So. Yeah, I think uh, I, I I think it'll I think it will help him. But he's definitely a Turgeon guy because he seems to fit the same mold that we've had with rinse and repeat guard after guard that we've had. Yeah, here. yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, he's not uh, he's not the the biggest guard. But when you look at a guy like Cowan, I would never say that he was the biggest guard. But you know, Turgeon Turgeon, you know, for four years found found a, the, that offensive system to um, to maximize Cowan's capabilities and his impact. So. Yeah, there's, there's. I think this is a really good ad. I'm, 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 I think that this, uh, the addition of Russell and Wahab really helped Maryland. Uh, you know, made them, you know, a fringe tournament team to potential Sweet Sixteen in my mind already. <laughs> nice Sweet Sixteen. You see that, Ryan? Right? That's exactly what friends said. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. Well, with everyone back, Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I mean, with everyone back, with everyone back, it's you're kind of going back to a couple of years ago when we had the Diamond Stone and and uh, Mellow Trimble and the Rashid Suleiman. Where you're kind of like, if you don't get to the Sweet 16, it's going to be a little bit alarming. So yeah, I would say with Wiggins and Ayala back, they are, I, in my mind, they should make the Sweet 16. Um, so I'm just, I'm just a homer. I said, <laughs> I said, if all of them come, well, that was with Marcel back. You gave me scenario. so much shit. You looked at like, me like elite eight lock, bro. You went one <laughs> further round, elite eight. Like I missed by like a large margin. <laughs> oh man. <sighs> all right. Well, like you said, Mighty Mouse, you know type guard is our is our thing and like fred said tired legs can't shoot so hopefully all these things are are fixed with next year but do you see him um taking over the starting point guard role for Hart, like because he's more of a true point guard or do you I think that he'll still so. be off the bench yeah I, I think i think he'd be the one i think Hart. i don't know i think he can be a guy that you know he's proven that he can run at the point but i don't think that i think we all know it's not his strength i mean i think he could still you know, play off the bar a little bit more. I think he could back up Ayala. I mean, I think Maryland has a lot of options at ball handler. You know, you don't really have necessarily your traditional point guard, 
but you have uh, obviously Russell, and then if Ayala comes back, he can you know play the one um, in a pinch. You have uh, Marcus Dockery, who's still there. Um, so yeah, I think I think uh, I think Akeem Hart focusing on hitting the three point shot on a more consistent basis. I think that that would be kind of the biggest thing for him, kind of going into next year. And I Agreed. think you know playing off the ball that that would that would really help with that. Well, these two transfer ends fill the remaining two scholarship, at least for a hot minute it did. Uh, we had to wait to any new decommits uh, before diving back into the talent-rich transfer portal. Let's look at some of these potential departures, right? Uh, obviously, Daryl Morsell announced early in the week. Uh, he's basically keeping all of his options open, that he's looking into the transfer portal, also looking at his NBA draft prospects. Then we also hear right after that, Eric Ayala, Aaron Wiggins, follow suit, do the same thing. Uh, for me, I think these guys are, are going about this the right way. Why wouldn't you at least go through and check all your options? I mean, am I, am I right in that and, and, and seeing where they're going to well, go? Well, luckily, Ayala and Wiggins have not put the transfer portal word no. out there. I'd be even scarier. But, yes, they are keeping their options open for the NBA and coming back home. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think the only thing uh, is just, I would imagine the hardest part about, you know, hearing, especially Marcel, just hearing, you know, hit, hit the transfer portal and declared for the NBA draft. It just seems like so bleak, but yeah, I mean, from a fan perspective, I think you, you definitely want Marcel back one because he was the heart and soul of this team until you, right. well, you know, you want to be able to make a deep run. He'd be another key piece, but yeah, I mean, for from his perspective, um, you know, keeping all those options open, you know, he, he, he said in that interview, I think with, uh, um, it was a WCAC six, something like that. But they, he said that, uh, you know, he wants, he just wants to see what the NBA is seeing about him. And, you know, he's keeping in contact with coach Turgeon every day and, you know, just getting that feedback. So for him, um, you know, it, it goes back to what we said last episode, just being able to get that feedback and seeing what people say about his game so that he's able to utilize that next year. I think everything that I've seen and everything that I've read, everything that I've heard is really sounds like, you know, of course he'll take advantage of the, uh, prospect of starting his professional career but he really just wants to get that feedback use another year build on it and then you know go from there so whether it happens at maryland whether it happens elsewhere that remains to be seen but i yeah like like you guys i, I agree i think it's a smart decision for him then we had two other people enter the transfer portal in anquan smart and troll mariel troll mariel has already exited the transfer portal uh to his uh, eventual oregon state commit um, what, what what do you think is going to happen there? I was surprised to see him stay at a power five level, to be perfectly honest. And I'm assuming the Anquan Smart move was what you were kind of leading to last week with the potential loss of one of those guards. Yeah, exactly. And I, I never like to explicitly say that, hey, I believe this player will transfer out because, right. you know, at the end of the day, those things can change. It, it, it's also up in the air. But, yeah, um, I think the Smart move was expected. And I was, yeah, like you guys said, I was surprised to see Marielle end up in another power five, but yeah. you know, there he's seven two. Uh, I, there's a lot of coaches that are salivating over seven two. So uh, at the end of the day, he has three years of eligibility left. So it's still a lot of time. Um, so I, I think I, I still think it's not a, you know, not a situation where Maryland says, you know, what could we, what else could we have done? I think, you know, it, I think this is best for both parties. So I'm happy for him. I, I do think it sounds like, you know, he'll be able to at least, you know, get you know, get some solid run in the rotation. I don't know if he's going to start and whatnot, but um, I do think it's a it's a solid move for him. I'm happy for him, but I'm also nervous for Turgeon in the sense that if he goes to Oregon State and they can coach him up and figure him out and he becomes the force that we thought he might be, does that look bad on Turgeon and his ability to coach? 
I, I personally think that, you know, it's, it's one of those situations where it's like, you know, he was given the opportunities in, at Maryland and, you know, both sides, you know, it's not, it's, and it wasn't a matter of totally, you know, not putting in the work, right. Uh, you know, he, he had the plan. He just, it just, the development didn't come to fruition. And, you know, when it came time for conference play, he just wasn't ready. And kind of coming into this season, he just wasn't able to get those consistent reps and work with Kyle Tarp on a daily basis. So I, 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 I think it'll end up just being a situ a, a scenario where it's Marielle just maximizing and taking advantage of, of, of a new, new, uh, new situation, new scenario. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I wish him the best. He's got those Maryland shins that we got for him. <laughs> so it's wherever he plays will be partly our success. That's right. Uh, yeah. I do think that, you know, we had a garden, a center transfer out and a garden, a center transfer in, and we got the better side of both those. So I'm happy with where we are. So, so exactly. right now in summary, I guess with the Morcel potentially leaving, that leaves us one open scholarship, three undecided players, four, I guess, if you count Galen Smith. What, what's your feel on Galen Smith, especially with bringing another, another big in? Um, I know we kind of talked a little bit about him last week, and I, I, I guess you're on the fence as to whether he comes back or not. Yeah, I don't think I've heard uh, anything that like, explicitly says that he comes back, but I, I don't know what his – pro prospects would be at this point. Right. Um, so I think the, the, the option is, is still there. Um, and I think, I think a lot of these guys realize that, you know, especially with like NBA draft deadline being out so long and, uh, you know, get so much time for these guys to, you know, withdraw their name. So um, it very well could be a situation where it's uh he wants to just kind of see where the dust settles, reevaluate and then kind of go from there. I mean, well, uh, you know, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, well, beyond his pro prospects, like, do you think Turgeon even wants him back for depth purposes? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say 100 percent one way or the other, but right. yeah, I think I think if he if Galen wanted to come back, I think Turgeon would take him. I mean, yeah. at the end of the day, I think you kind of think about what happened, and you know, he it's a big big spot at the you know in the starting rotation, but they don't really have too many people behind them. So I think Galen could be a guy, and I don't know if he really can play the five uh again but um you know on a consistent basis obviously matchup permitting and whatnot but uh yeah i i do think that you know galen i think he had he had his games he, he provided that tenacity and you know he was never going to be a guy that he was going to get you 10 and 10 every night but um he, you know i think just just that his that physicality his presence you know was well liked in the locker room last year so yeah i i i, I think if you wanted to call you wanted to come back called turgeon turgeon would say all right because he won't he won't count against a scholarship count next year Oh right, that's the the card that I wasn't thinking about because yeah, I'm thinking like alert. with with this new waiver is is Turgeon going to want to try to get somebody else that he think might have a bigger impact? But if yeah. he's going to count without you know going yeah, to I mean, scholarship, then why wouldn't you? The free no player and he's got a it's a solid role as a backup player. I mean, like I said, that baby hook shot was pretty every once in a while this year. <laughs> it was. The problem was that you were like, that's our own, our true five because Dante. Yeah is not a true five he's a great player but it's not a five right so that was the only one we got if you're just if you're just gassing your starter he's a good man to do that for sure 100 percent. well preseason polls seem to believe uh that many of our undecided will probably return i mean when you look at these rankings they're basically in everybody's top 25 and most of them even top 15 do you think that that's realistic? I know it's super early, and we still have a lot of things to answer, right? But knowing some of these these transfers coming in and what that impact could have with this team, do you see this team potentially being like a top fifteen team? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if if, if we get if, if Maryland gets Ayala Wiggins back, I think uh, 
yeah, I, I really, I really think that would be the case. Uh, I obviously they're going to have uh, weaknesses, but won't be the same weaknesses as the last year. I think, I think the biggest weakness will be finding that big man behind Wahab next year. But right. yeah, I think um, that's a, it's a lot of experience that they're returning. Uh, a lot of guys that know how to play well with each other. Yeah, I think I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of this roster. So we're sitting with one open scholarship spot currently, right? One, yeah. Correct. All right. Any any names you want to throw out there that they're keeping an eye on? Yeah. So I, I mentioned uh, on, on uh, inside the black and gold that Langston Wilson. He's a uh, 2021 power forward, recently decommitted from Alabama. I posted the full list of schools that he, he's been he's been hearing from already. He's already been picking up new offers, things like that. So um, he's got a long list. He's not really you know diving too too deep into you know cutting down the list or committing or anything like that right now. So um, you know that would be a name to know, and uh, obviously have more additional details behind the paywall on uh, inside the black and gold. Um, as always, you can find that at amagafir.substack.com. Uh, but uh, I would I would expect you know especially with so much more time until the guys can pull out from the NBA draft, I think we'll see more names in the transfer portal that come out and maybe kind of fit the the profile that Maryland's kind of looking for. So, but I would say on, on the high school level. That that was uh, uh, Lang- Langston is the, is the guy to kind of keep that eye on right now. Um, they had sweet. a guy who's a seven footer, Jonas. I do. Uh, they were kind of looking at him shortly after they were looking at Bobby Pettiford, the 2021 point guard. But uh, Jonas, he committed to Tennessee on Wednesday, so he is off the board. So it does sound like uh, Langston. Langston is the is, is the the main high school prospect to keep an eye on. Nice. All right, so we. Um... The women's team got all their seniors back, so they're also going to be up there in the rankings this year. I think that I saw the way too early. We had them at four or five. Yeah, I so, mean the way that they played this year, basically being thrown together, except for their last game. Yeah, the last game was a <laughs> yeah. shit show. But outside of that, though, you had two losses in the regular season. This team got better and better and scored more and more as the season went on. The highest scoring team in the nation. A hundred percent. This is a top five team. Am I wrong? No, right. uh, I think this team is loaded. Uh, they were fun to watch. I think they were the highest scoring team by like a full five points. I think it was like they had they averaged like ninety one and a half, and Iowa was second with like eighty six. That and Iowa they, game was insane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. I was it was like an NBA game. It yeah. was uh, yeah. So, but yeah, I think you get all those guys back or all those guys back, and you know the four seniors returning. Uh, yeah, it was a fun team to watch. The, you know, Don Miller, Ashley Wosu, and Katie Benzin. Um, uh, Chloe baby so yeah uh, I think obviously and I think uh, the 216 loss I don't, I don't think it will, will sit well with them last or uh, from last year going into next year yeah I think they'll be hungry I think they'll want to show that you know you can't really slow us down we slowed ourselves don't down. don't count out Brenda Freeze for making another move or two especially if this waiver affects both men's and women's she may be able to pick up another sharpshooter or another you know, big body download. Yeah, I have no idea what their scholarship situation looks like, but if she has it, I'm sure anybody will be clamoring to be on this team. 100%. Uh, so the departures don't always stop with players, though. Uh, as the coaching ranks had their first loss of the offseason, uh, DeAndre Haynes, former uh, Michigan coach that came over a couple of years ago, apparently is expected to set an offer to join Shaka Smart's team up in Marquette. What kind of impact do you see that having on this squad? Yeah, I think, um, you know, kind of from Haynes, what I had heard was just he was really good with the players. He really connected with the players and really was able to help uh, with the with the, with the the guards, um, help them kind of mitigate their, you know, ball, ball, ball concerns and kind of help make sure that they defensively kind of adjust some things so on, that, on that front. So 
I think that just from the development standpoint, it sounds like Haynes and he was well liked, well regarded in the program. Right. So I think that that would be something that um, that obviously you have to replace. But you know, obviously, I think Bino is a guy that uh, he's I think he's expected to stay, and he has the the local footprint. Um, they'll be curious to see if if Maryland will not. And I don't think DeAndre Haynes has nothing has been formally announced just yet it's uh it sounds like it's just expectations at this point right um but i think uh, it'll be interesting to see if durgin kind of what kind of level he goes after in terms of uh uh recruiter on the on the staff that's what i was going to say does does his replacement come internally or does this come outside probably outside right um i i, I would imagine um i know that they uh have, have, I guess one more vacancy inside. Uh, Mark Bielkowski is expected to to head out and go to, uh, uh, I believe, uh, Eastern Kentucky. Um, so I think that will be another move. But I think that that could be something where they fill that role internally, and then DeAndre Haynes they kind of look outside and uh, kind of uh, bring in from without from outside. Well, I'm sitting here just realizing the last time we talked to you, not necessarily me and Fred talked to the fans, we didn't have a contract for Mark Turgeon. So at what what are your feelings about the contract extension? How is it affected and and are you happy with the decision overall? Yeah, I think that this was something that we all kind of thought was going to come it just was a matter of just kind of ironing it out. Um and you kind of looked at it and when you looked at just how incentive heavy it was and getting back to the Sweet 16, getting back to the tournament, winning the Big 10, um splitting the Big 10 or regular season title, winning the Big 10 tournament. So it really hit on all the points that Round fans have been screaming for the last couple of years. Um, I was very concerned if Maryland was going to end up parting with Turgeon, what the what what the options were going to look like. Right. Um, so I think I think that this was kind of the smart move with the current roster. Obviously, with the news of him the the, the contract getting finalized, he was able to get Cutis and and Fats within 24 hours of that report uh, the the contract extension. So. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good move, and it kind of you know gives Turgeon that last chance. I think he knows it. Just kind of you know prove prove to us that you know this this is uh, this is a job that you can flourish in. And if you can't, then you move on after you know maybe two years, see what the buyout uh, with with how that looks out, and uh, you know kind of go from there. But yeah, I think this is you know for both sides. I think this is uh, the right decision. Yeah, I think this is kind of exactly what I was looking for. You know, I did the the one man show. My only one was Ryan's rants, and we also look back in the shell and tell. Uh, episodes. Ryan's rants was called Fire Turge was my very first one. Question mark exclamation point. And that was what it was about is everyone wants to fire Turge, but what are you getting and why are we doing this? And came to basically the conclusion that I would give him like a three or four year extension to to show what he can do with all these fancy toys that we're adding. The new the development center that he's you know been the one raising money for but, but we're can still do not with, there yet with yeah. equal play we got a whole field. lot of pretty drawings but we still got lots not there of pretty yet. drawings and when you put pretty drawings and scott van pelt's voice on top of it that'll get you <laughs> get you there every day <laughs> that's yeah. true yeah. all right so let's let's flip over to the football squad because uh you know ryan and i are excited to talk to you about this because some of the media very few you included uh were finally given some access to spring practice on tuesday uh, i know everybody's excited to know what this squad looked like so let's start with uh the quarterback scene out there how did talia look and uh you know how did he look running with the ones yeah, I thought he looked really good. He just, you know, uh, if you've ever seen, got a, get a chance to see a little bit of Maryland's practice. They just moved so fast. Uh, you know, Talia at the end, in between each drill was, you know, kind of leading the charge every time I saw the quarterbacks. 
Uh, I thought him and David Faust, you know, they both looked good. Talia looks like he had a little bit of size. David Faust looked like he did as well. Um, saw David Faust and, and, uh, and Talia, um, you know, on the side, they were throwing, doing some drills, throwing with each other. Um, Eric Nigerian was still there, just kind of, you know, off to the side. Um, but, you know, Faust, I thought, did a good job. And I think Talia is doing everything that he's supposed to be doing, you know, uh, but in, physically, he looked good uh, the, when, when he was kind of running. The, what is it, like shell drills or shell, shell plays, excuse me. Um, you know, up, up tempo, um, looks like he's really commanding. So, um, everything you kind of expected out of Talia. So, uh, you know, definitely excited about him. One of the things that I was most impressed with, with him last year was how fast he was able to garner everybody's respect. You know what I mean? Like, it seemed like that his teammates and everything kind of rallied around him. What was the energy like around Talia? I mean, was he, you know, kind of getting in, in people's heads? Like, was he getting people involved? Like, did he seem like the troops were rallying around him or what? I mean, honestly, they 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 all looked locked in. I mean, everyone was just kind of excited to be out there. Yeah. Everyone was just excited. I think Jake ran by us and did one of the woo then he <laughs> called media and goes how y'all doing so nice yeah so i mean honestly uh, honestly the the energy was there uh when everyone got split up position groups things like that um but yeah i mean it's uh it's i think i think scrim i don't know if i would have been able to see it in you know just like the open practice but yeah i mean Talia, yeah, you're you're right um it's not it's not bs he really is that guy that commands the respect in the locker room that everyone kind of gravitates towards that everyone kind of does like um, it's, it's been like that for about a year and a half. Everyone respects his work ethic, what he brings on a daily basis to the program and what what uh, output he he, uh, he, he receives. So, um, yeah, I, I think he, he's exactly what you want in a quarterback. That's good to hear. Well, with Talia being our only scholarship quarterback and our other scholarship quarterback in some kind of Wolverine-like healing process over at VMI <laughs> to get ready for fall, we've made a few moves to help protect the quarterback. I heard that uh, Spencer Anderson is moving from his right tackle position last year to play center after Johnny Jordan moved to Virginia Tech. How's he looking out there? Yeah, I think he's good. I think right now the biggest thing with the offensive line is people just need to um, remember that like the depth, depth chart is not the, the top concern right now. But like so for offensive line, you know, they're they're going to still try and go after someone in the transfer portal. Um I fully expect to be a tackle. My opinion, I don't know if they need to go after specifically a tackle. I think they can get a guard, but Spencer Anderson is a guy that really gives them a lot of flexibility, a lot of leverage. And if they're if they're able to bring in uh, someone else, whether it's a tackle or a guard, Spencer Anderson can play center. He can play guard. He can play tackle. Um, so it just his presence has been really big. Um, Austin Fontaine, is, uh, uh, we're, as we'll touch on, you know, he's uh, still really getting back in the swing of things. It's um, He's going to need some time to, you know, put in, put on that weight. Um, yeah, you know, I was going to say the rumors were that he had come in pretty underweight. Yeah, it, I saw him. He looks, uh, he looks very skinny. Um, wow. So, yeah, I mean, the good news is he's got about what four or five months until until the season start kicks off. So get a chance to, you know, get back in the weight room and um, just continue in the cafeteria. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so someone just drop him a fifty dollars gift gift card to Chipotle and uh, that, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think, um, you know, they're just kind of trying to tweak along the offensive line right now. See, see kind of where they are, you know, Jahari brand, Mason Lunsford, uh, both of those guys, um, you know, were in the, in the rotation starting at guard. Uh, you had uh, Amelia Moran flirt checking in a little bit at the one, but you know, he's another guy that uh, right tackle, he can really step in and kind of leave his mark. So um, 
uh, yeah, no, they 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 do look good. They definitely do look good. I'm pretty excited about Amelia Moran. I mean, this guy had was only a three star, but his tape looks so much better than that. He played guard instead of tackle in his high school, even though he's the biggest guy on the field because he was that athletic. Came in at six five three zero eight and is now listed at six six three thirty. So he's putting in work, getting bigger. I really hope this guy's got big things written for his name. Yeah, I think I think Moran. I think would actually be someone that if if Maryland were to not get a tackle in in the transfer portal going into the season, let's say they go out and they find a real good guard, I think you would have Moran at the right tackle. You'd have the, the transfer portal uh, plug and play at right guard, and then you could shift Spencer Anderson inside to center. I think Spencer Anderson. There's a lot of comfort in just what the the, the the diversity that he kind of brings along the offensive line, and I think there's a lot of confidence in what Moran has kind of been able to do. I think last year, I think he was able to start uh, one, if not two games, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, there's there's definitely confidence. There's some that, that someone that he has the opportunity to leave his mark, and I think I think if he slides in. Um, I think I think it will be more than serviceable. And on the left side, yeah, Jalen Duncan come in and play a lot early on. Uh, it was a guy that kind of learned on the job. How'd he look out there in his first practice? Yeah, it, I think I think fans need to start to expect that this is the last year of Jalen Duncan. I think yeah. this, he's he's if he, if he does everything he needs to, he'll he'll be going to, going to the league next year. He's a big looking dude. I think I don't know we talked about it before. I thought his his progression. 2019 beginning of the season to end of the season was night and day but last year he did a really good job and i think this year he's, he's going to be able to kind of take it up a notch there's a lot of confidence in him maryland's using jalen duncan's development as as a example of why you know that then come the, here the recruiting yeah right. exactly you know andre roy st francis say hey you know look what your teammate did uh, when he when he came to college park three four years ago that's exactly why you need to come so his his development has definitely been something that that Maryland has kind of been able to sell a little bit. So I think the uh, I think he not I think he is the crown jewel of the offensive line. So the top O line transfer option that I saw out there was Mr. Max Ray, six seven three ten at Ohio State. He was the number nine offensive tackle and one hundred twenty one overall in the class of twenty eighteen. Tell me we got a shot. I know we reached out, but tell me we got a shot. <laughs> yeah, where's a shot? I uh, it's, it's 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 and and you know what? It's not more of one of those situations where it's a school kind of blocking blocking off schools that you can go to. Uh, I kind of posted behind again behind the paywall over it inside the black and gold as to why it might not happen. You know, obviously he's got a long long list of schools. Maryland's already had conversations with him. They've offered him. They've let it be known, but. Will it come to fruition? I'm not as skeptical, or I guess you could say I'm a little bit more pessimistic than I was uh, 48 hours after than I was after the first 24 hours. Um, so we'll see. Maybe maybe there is a 180, uh, but he is someone that uh, would would be Maryland would be all over him. Like you said, six seven, 310 pounds. Um, he has yeah. that experience at Ohio State, and it was not a matter of him not being good enough. It's just you know they're not enough spots. Yeah, they got they got NFL guys. Uh, and they're 3d so right um so i think that was kind of situation so we'll see what what kind of happens if it comes to fruition but um i uh yeah so max ray is is someone on 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 the uh target list for now at least so i i just loved his quote man he, he said my time for playing is running out i can't afford to wait another year and i just see that maryland could be a really good option for that because if you if you transfer out ohio state to a non-SEC or non-Big Ten school, and now you're successful, there's going to be those question marks of, 
could you have done it at that level? If you just come over to another Big Ten East squad that's got a wide open spot for you to play right now, you can prove that they were just wrong. They should they should exactly. have put me on the starting line. Why wouldn't you want to go right up against your school and be like, see, this is what you were missing out on? Come on, yeah. Max, listen to this. I'm gonna tag you this later. <laughs> So, yeah, who are, no. so who are uh, some maybe other names out there, offensive line options wise, that fans should get excited about, or maybe uh, be prepared to hear some names some more? Uh, so are you saying in terms of transfer options yeah. or as in the current um, transfer options? Uh, honestly, Max Ray is, is kind of that guy that they okay. were that the, the. So I think Maryland's really being patient with it, uh, especially just kind of with limited spots and with offensive line being the priority. I mean, I think that there were you know some guys along the way. Um, uh, there's a guy from it's, his name is slipping me at this time, but he, he he's already transferred to Georgia. Oh. Um, he's from Towson, um, but Maryland kind of looked at him a little bit. Yeah, it was another guy that had uh, experience at tackle and can play guard in a pinch, things like that. But you know, at the end of the day, Maryland wants this, and you, you're maybe Maryland fans are starting to see the profile of the tackles that Maryland's going after. You know, those six, seven, six, eight guys that are just very athletic and can you know bend real well and get out real well and, and uh, so i think you know, ray is really that guy that fits that option but they're going to be patient um i fully expect after spring ball transfer portal is probably going to go bonkers yet again where you start to see a little bit more guys that you know have the you know that starter potential right. that hit the transfer portal that don't have and i think that's when things are going to go uh it's going to drive up a little ramp up a little bit more so but for now max ray is is, is the main guy i would say to keep an eye on right. yeah i mean i'm really happy with as much attrition as we had this year to look at what's going on you just said your right tackle moved to center six six three hundred pounds you got your lockdown left tackle that's huge we're talking about Amelia moran possibly playing one of the other uh, other line spots again 330 pounds six six this is looking like a big 10 line yeah we're getting there we're like we're, we're right big, knocking on the door big jump from two seasons yeah ago. the depth yeah. still needs some help but we our starting line is starting to look like a big 10 line not the acc small fast guys we've been running with exactly and good braswell the new offensive line coach i know he might be a newer name for you guys for for, for fans, um, you know, and, and kind of going off the you know the new turn, turnover and and and, and uh, attrition and things like that. But uh, uh, he he worked very closely with the offensive line last year, and a lot of people that I spoke with credited um, uh, Braswell for the offensive line development last year. So um, I, I, I that's why I'm not as concerned with the offensive line. I think there's they're in good hands coaching, and I think they they have some guys just with this experience now i think they will figure it out you know at the end of the day they will be able to protect the quarterback question is you know just how much i mean obviously the michigan and the ohio state games you know it's just going to be a different beast right but um i do think the offensive line will 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 be there for maryland this year super important i mean especially when you're as thin as you are at quarterback right now and you want to keep talia on both feet you got to have that 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 protection up front uh, and, and I'm liking everything that I'm seeing with this offensive line so far. Yeah, what have we what have we always said? The first year we have the same quarterback game one as yeah. game twelve. We'll be bowling. That again. is That's a win. whenever that happens, <laughs> right. we will be back in a bowl for sure. <laughs> so we talked about you know the offensive line's number one job, which is to keep that quarterback upright. The number two job is to show off some of these running backs. So what did you see in that room? Yeah, you know you got a chance to see Penny Boone. He actually was out on the field. A little bit of capacity because he had, you know, offseason surgery on his shoulder. But, Still as big yeah. as he was. <laughs> He's, he, I mean, he looked big, but he looked like he was in game shape. Good, um, it was good. Um, they had it was just him, Isaiah Jacobs, uh, Chalen. Uh, he, he was the walk-on running back, and then Tayon Fleet Davis, who uh, actually did a re- really nice story on today. Um, just you know about Tayon 
he was pretty transparent just about, you know, his struggles last year and kind of that week to be week to week basis of unavailability, yeah. um, you know, just kind of always staying prepared. So, um, you know, he was kind of open. I, I really liked the, the fact that he was open about the fact that he uses his story, his experience, you know, what he's been through his his tribulations. And he tries to teach it to those freshmen and say, hey, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you could do six months of good work and you can just go one night and make a bad decision and just like that, it's all gone. So yeah. So he opened up about his off the field issues. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was a really good story. So I think he really understands kind of just the magnitude and what what needed to be done and just the men- the, the the mental shift needed. So that's a um, huge step. I, yeah. Exactly. And I think you know from from everything that I've heard, he's really taking advantage of those available reps, knowing that he's going to be that vet in the room, um, shouldering that load on as a leader on on offense. So. Um, you know, I think the, the running back room, obviously now it's going to look a lot different than what it will in the fall. In the fall, they'll have Roman Hemby. They'll have Colby McDonald. They'll have Antoine Littleton. We'll see. Um, so, but I think Tayon Fleet Davis will be the guy that, um, you know, like like I said, he, he he shoulders that load. So I think he's he's just a lot more appreciative. And I think that's when you kind of see the best of the best of players come out. That's really amazing to hear, man, because maturity and like that development was the one thing he was missing. That man has got yeah. all kinds of talent. I've always always yeah. been excited to see him, but you never knew what it was going to be, whether it was whether he was going to be in legal issues, whether it was going to be in academic issues, what it was going to be. So if he's really made that turn that corner and grew up, that's another success story for Mike Loxley to have ran yeah. that in and, and get him to a point where he can he can better himself to the point where he can show what he can do. That's that's great. And that's the exact point of, of college. You know, at the end of the day, you don't you don't want to come in, go in, and come out the same man. You know, at the end of the day, he, he you know he's going to look back on his four years and say, "Hey, this is what I was going into the high school." You know, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I was you know I, I wasn't uh, I definitely had a lot of growing up to do, but he definitely, um, it, like you said, it's just really good to see that maturity come out and uh, and you know just the, the the mindset of, "Hey, this is what's in front of you." You know, don't 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 blow it away. That's awesome, man. Ryan and I have, have talked about some of his struggles and whatnot and some of the frustrations that come along with that. So that's really a big happy step. For kid. Really, really, really happy for him. So last week I asked you what would be that position group that you'd be most excited to go see, and you were like, is it a cop-out if I say wide receivers? So I got to ask, how the hell did they look? Do they look just as advertised? Yeah, man. Demas is uh, – every time I see him, he's just – bigger than i remembered uh, <laughs> he's, he's, he's just a beast i, I got to see day day out there um Ja'Shawn jones was out there um so but yeah i mean they all honestly they all look good daryl jones um uh, dewan ellis is a little bit i got to see ty felton you know catch a catch a deep ball uh they were just doing you know was he as fast as everybody says yeah i mean it was just you know a couple of drills things like that but right. yeah i mean he's he's you know he's he's got the burners i got a chance to see him even when he was in high school but yeah he, he's 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 a pretty pretty uh pretty fast wide receiver um yeah i mean i really like this wide receiver room and i i know i know i mentioned it but just the ability for these guys to not be stuck in the x or the y or the z and be able to just rotate around and and um you know line up in different sets live different combos things like that uh yeah marcus fleming uh yeah you you get a chance to really see all of them and it's going to be uh it they the passing attack is i think going to be one of the best in the country this year were they doing any kick return drills? Did you get a feel for who was, you know, feed, feeling any uh They're not showing returns? us that. Nothing not yet. Not going to tell yeah. us. Damn, we're too excited too. about it. Damn it. They didn't show us that, but I will add that uh, I heard Marcus Fleming and Deshaun Jones were the, the two on uh, on special teams returning kicks and punts. 
Oh, nice. Interesting. So, well, we'll, we'll finally get down there for the spring game. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all we'll be allowed to see this, see this squad. Hey, it's going to be real soon. We ended up getting, uh, I think we had 12 tickets, you know, three. Three pods of four, as you will. Yeah. So, so we won't be able to hang out 12 bros, but we'll be able to wave to each other from a, from like 12 feet away. Um, so I'm, I'm excited to get down there. I'm excited to see what's going on. You know, the defensive side of the ball, I got really high hopes for. The offense, like I said, my biggest question mark was the offensive line. It, we really, I feel like we're really one piece from putting that all together, and then it's just that you got to keep the injuries away after that. Yeah. It's the injury bug is they almost had some other uh, injury concerns. Uh, not anyone in the program. It was an incoming recruit. Uh, so, yeah. So they just got to stay healthy. So, Put them in bubble wrap until fall. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so you mentioned that with the spring game, the pod seating and all that, they also announced there's not going to be any tailgating. So for any fans out there that don't know that yet, there will not be any tailgating permitted. Uh, the ads are still going to be there circling the lower bowl. Do you think this is just a, a spring game only situation or do you see them carrying this through the year? Uh, no, I think it'll be just a spring game. I think, think things they're from what I've heard, they're expecting to kind of move in that direction where things return to normalcy by fall. But, uh, you know, kind of, you know, you know, six, you never know what happens, but sounds like this is more of like the, the one-off kind of, uh, just the introductory, introductory side, just kind of reopening the stadium, things like that. So, sounds sounds like we'll get a little bit more normalcy. In the nice. Fall. I don't I don't know if it'll be like uh, you know Florida State or you know Texas level, but you know so so we'll see. But get my uh, hopes up. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll we'll be getting there. <laughs> get me excited. Yeah, I like it. You gotta you gotta show Prince George's County that you can follow directions. That's the number one. <laughs> yeah. Thing. So they're yeah. going to do this and they're going to and they're going to be inspected the whole time. Right. Just like Fred went to opening day at Oriole Park. And yeah. while I dropped down there while I was at work just to see what was going on. And in the 30 minutes I was there, the the uh, fire marshal was walking through, making sure everybody was doing everything right. You know, of course, the yeah. big days, the fire marshal is always there. But this year, I think they had a few more things on their checklist to make sure yeah. that we could continue progressing in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. But I think, it, you know, I got to say, it's been a couple of times, I think. Uh, I've been trying to be real conscious about, you know, including the link for tickets for the spring game. And I think this is probably what three or four different times now where I've tried to go on and there are no tickets available. So it's a good sign. Yeah, that's awesome. I didn't even know this. There's no tickets available for the spring game. I, when I I looked last night, I was going to send it out my article and there was, there was nothing available. And that was after they open up additional sections. So yeah, that's what I like to hear. I, I do like to hear that. That's exciting for any of you shell and tellers out there that have <laughs> failed to get spring game tickets. Uh, hit your boy up. I might have a few extras. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> well, we also get to talk a little bit about the NFL draft getting ready to come up. You know, that's in a little less than three weeks now at this point. Uh, you know, obviously, there's not a ton of Terps that are going to be eligible for the NFL draft this year, but one that you know we've been following his entire career here at Maryland, which feels like it's been a decade now at this point. A long time. Uh, the guy that's gone through many challenges and f- hit them straight in the face every time, Jake Funk. Uh, Mel Kuyper sees Funk uh, as a late-round pick or maybe even an undrafted free agent. But we talked a little bit about it, like his numbers and everything he did at the the pro day. I mean, were through the roof. They were ridiculous. What do you see in Funk as his prospect for the NFL? Do you see him as a draftable player or do you see him going undrafted? 
Yeah, the only thing I could see about him potentially not being drafted would just be like maybe teams are concerned about injury, but I mean at the end of the day, I would imagine you know all that has been cleared and he's um, you know he got a chance to put a full season together last year. I know obviously he missed one game, I believe it was off the top of my head, but um, he missed uh, yeah he missed that. Uh, the yeah, COVID one game, game. Yeah. One, one, one game due to uh, just due to COVID. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the, the injury is going to check out and whatnot. I think every, every little bit of Jake Funk, I mean, everything that's kind of been asked of him these last couple of years, um, I think he's kind of shut up a lot of people. Uh, and I know I had my concerns about him uh, coming out of high school. And I think Jake Funk, especially last year, I mean, that was an incredibly efficient year. Uh, I think that he, he kind of, turn heads a little bit and just you know how, how how quick he is and how he's able to just kind of break away and things like that so yeah I, I do I do think that he could be a sixth seventh round pick I think I looked it up I saw one that said had him as a six one that had him as a seven so um so we'll see but regardless of whether he's drafted or not there's no doubt in my mind he'll have a camp invite 100 he'll, he'll he'll have the opportunity because I think there are coaches that recognize that he's done it he's proven it and he's he's proven that he can be a productive running back in college post injury. And right. he's you know there, there's there's really no concerns about you know work ethic, you know drive mentality. Like there's there's no really off the field concerns when it comes to Jake Fong. So someone like that, yeah, there's there's no doubt in my mind he's going to get taken advantage or he's going to get an advantage or <laughs> excuse me. He's going to have an opportunity to take advantage um, at the next level, and I think you know maybe he could be just kind of like a, a you know on a change of pace, and maybe a, a you know off off their third down back uh, where he's able to catch out of the backfield a little bit and provide something a little bit different. So, um, so we'll see. I, I but I I fully expect to to have his, his name on a NFL roster uh, in August. Yeah, I mean Fred mentioned the out of out of world uh, statistics he had on a RAS score, which is a relative athletic score nine point four eight. Um, out of a possible 10. This ranks 76 out of 1,436 running backs since they started taking the statistic in 1987 before I was born. Now, <laughs> with that said, compare that against a couple of former Terp running backs. You got Lamont Jordan, who scored a 9.71. That's my boy. Love Lamont. You got Ty Johnson, score 9.75. So both of those just happen to be in that top 75 ahead of which is insane but they were also the saquon barclays of the world the the freaks the edger and james of the world the 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 top top you know athletes of that that move but i i mean just based on work ethic alone this dude is going to make a name he's going to make a roster there's no doubt about it he's built like a greek god they need to rename the weight room for him (laughs) Yeah. yeah right uh, just coming in, like you said, last year after you know having the two knee injuries and basically put in a position where he had to prove himself. He had to put film out there because, honestly, prior to even the knee injuries, he really hadn't seen the field a whole lot because he was so far down the depth chart. Uh, so last year, I think, was critical for that. It's just putting that film out there. And then for him to to crush it like he did at Pro Day is only going to help his stock. But I really feel like he's been a pretty consistent athlete. Yes, he had injury issues, but... His numbers don't change all that much. You look at his freshman year. He came in. He had a, a long of 29, an average of 4.7. He had a, his sophomore year, a long of 53, average of 5.4. A long of uh, 2019, long of 54, 10.2. He shows he has the breakaway speed that's supported by the numbers at the pro day. He shows the consistency in the average. His injuries for his knees are not like 
like soft muscle injuries. These right. are one like Manny Machado. These are one time you were born with the wrong ACL. Right. No, we're I, fix I get it. that. My point was his freshman year and his sophomore year, he had twenty nine carries and twenty seven carries. Some backs get that in one game. He just hadn't had a whole lot of opportunity because he was so far. Now, granted, every time he saw the field, he was effective. Yeah. He took advantage of the limited opportunities he had. And everyone in think, front of him is is in the league. Right. <laughs> I just think last year was critical because he had to get those carries. He had to prove that he he could come back uh and i just think it did nothing but good for him yeah yeah no i honestly i think and the fact that the running back rowing when he got here in 2016 that was uh coming off that lorenzo harrison real strong year um and then we had ty johnson so yeah that that was just always a lot of depth there in that room so um yeah i agree with you guys i think you know i think at the end of the day jake jake was able to Maybe he was always kind of overlooked just because of the depth and the guys that Maryland had in the running back room. But I think, you know, kind of when all said and done, I think uh, I think he was appreciated for what for what he did. And, uh, you know, I th- again, I, I think I think he'll have that opportunity to uh, to flourish at the next level. Yeah, I think that, you know, Coach Funk's absolutely appreciated what the, he's done for the Maryland program. And I think he's going to continue to prove how much he was overlooked. You rem- you mentioned high school. I mean, this is the 2015 Gatorade Player of the Year. Uh, he's the all-time leading rusher in Maryland. He had the, the most touchdowns in Maryland, 57 touchdowns on 249 carries in 2015. Uh, this guy's done everything he's needed to do, and yet he was doubted every step of the way. He was only a three-star recruit. They weren't sure what he was going to be at Maryland. He was buried, and now he's going to be going to the league. Defeating I mean, the odds. I, I, I can't and, – and not to mention, like you said, the injuries. Like right. any one of those injuries, he could have just put his head down and been like, it's just not going to be it for me. And he just came out harder every time. Yeah. 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 No, no. no. I, had, I, had, I had one one, uh, one dad, one parent of a player uh, that, that you know spoke just very highly just about Jake Fong's work, I think, kind of going into last year and – just how driven he was and just how focused he was to just really shut people up. So I'm, I'm happy, happy all, all came out. Well, before we sign off for this episode, any final thoughts, any other things that you might want to hit on or anything quickly you want to plug with going on with inside black and gold? Yeah. If you're, if you're reading this, the, uh, the episode is posted, which means that I have some news on, on uh, Maryland quarterback recruiting and a four-star wide receiver that Maryland's recruiting. And I probably already confirmed another official visitor. So, um, so, Definitely check it out. We have all the latest news, uh, football recruiting, basketball recruiting, whatnot. So def- definitely check out the site, but definitely check it out for the quarterback news. That's awesome. And I heard you have my boy Ruben Hippolyte interview up, up soon as well. I love it. Yes, sir. We'll have that on the site for tomorrow. Uh, I'll be at the uh, St. Francisco Council game on, on Friday as well. So maybe, just maybe, we'll have an interview with Jay Sean Barham on the site in the next couple of days. Maybe. So, just Maybe. maybe. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I love it. All right, man. Well, we appreciate everybody tuning in as always. Uh, if you want to be part of the show, you want to get your questions in on the show, make sure you send those to our email at shellandtellpod at gmail.com. You can sell it to us on social media as well. Follow me at shellandtellpod. Follow, follow me specifically at FredBLBS. Follow Ryan at TerpsBSberg. Give him your Twitter handle. It's Gafir the Turtle. Yes, sir. Gafir oh. the Turtle, and you can head over to ahmedgafir.substack.com for all your latest news and rumblings. Appreciate it. Ryan, sign us off. All right. Well, as usual, guys, we are looking forward to football season. My first love. We're getting back into that stadium that they locked me out of so rudely for so <laughs> long. Please show up to this game. I know there were free tickets, so uh, the sellout doesn't mean quite much yet. Fill that stadium as much as they'll let us do it, and let's keep doing it as they expand it. Until next time. Here's to wishing all is well under the show.